Hi, Katie. Welcome to Have You Ever Heard Of, a history podcast. Where we talk about people from history you may or may not have heard of. How are you today? Yeah, not bad. I mean, um, we're still in COVID land, so I mean, like, (laughs) nothing's really changed. You've got your luscious locks down. I have. Yeah, it's beautiful. Dan has long hair, everyone, that can't see it. It's, It's gorgeous. It's incredibly long now. It's like a, it's the longest it's ever been. Mine's getting there as well. It's the kind of COVID haircut, which is the no haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I can make the excuse that like my hair is like this because of COVID, but it's, uh, it's not. <laughs> anyway, it's not an excuse. I just, I just like having long hair. But it's, it's like the longest I've managed to grow it. I don't know. It was why. pretty long when we first met, and then you chopped it all off. I did, yeah. That was uh, ill-advised. Yeah, never cut your hair, everyone. Like, it's you always regret it. I always yeah. regret it when I cut mine. Also, never get a fringe. I just don't trust no. people with fringes. That was like a massive craze for a while, wasn't it? That seems to have kind of vanished a bit now. People aren't really into what, fringes. fringes. <laughs> Bangs. Okay, so let's talk about history. Yeah. Let's do it. Cool. Okay, my turn this time. Have you ever heard of... George Fox. No, I don't think I have. You don't know who this person is. I'm just going to start talking about them and at some point you'll be like, ah, okay. Uh. (laughs) I've got another early modern one here. Good period. Yeah. English early modern. George Fox was born in 1624 in a strongly Puritan village of Drayton in the Clay. Oh no, not Puritans. Which is uh, in Leicestershire. It's about 15 miles from the city of Leicester. He was the oldest of four siblings. His father was Christopher Fox. He was a weaver. And he was nicknamed Righteous Christa by people who knew him. He was very religious. So his mother was Mary Lego. I don't have any information on like what she did. I think she was like, you know, a mother. His father was a church warden and was pretty well off. So when he died in the 1650s, George was left with quite a bit of um, fortune. Not like loads, just enough. Comfy. Comfy, What does a church warden do? I think it's someone in the the village or town who is like in the kind of circle of people that are trusted in the church. So, you know when they have like a committee? It's like a church committee. Let's say George Fox's father was church warden. So he basically, his childhood was really religious and he had no formal education, but he did learn to read and write. Which is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just always helps. Important. Always helps. In general. He said um, of his childhood, the Lord taught me to be faithful in all things and to act faithfully in two ways: inwardly to God and outwardly to man. So he was a very, even as a child, he was very like moral. Okay. Because of his religion, so he was known as being a very honest person, and said. Keep to yeah and nay in all things. Which basically means if you say yes, it should mean yes. And if you say no, it should mean no. Which sounds really obvious, <laughs> but it's not. Some people just, you know, like, did you do your homework? Yes. <laughs> and if all people were, like, always honest, then we shouldn't need to question yes and no. And that comes in later. You'll see why that's important. So no grey. There's no grey. There's no. only the polars. <laughs> They're not in terms <laughs> of like bears. His family probably wanted him to be a priest. It sounds that way. Yeah, but he 
didn't become a priest. He was apprenticed to a local shoemaker. He was called George Gee. George Gee? Yeah, George Gee. G-E-E. So it's probably Gee. Maybe just G, but I think it's probably G. Like a, the karate, get up. I've been watching too much Karate Kid. You've been watching all the Karate Kid. I saw that on your Twitter. You were like, I'm just going to watch all of it back to back. Um, He was known for diligence in his job. He was obsessed with living a simple life. He wanted to have humility and abandon luxury. He spent a short time working as a shepherd, and this helped form his view on this. By the age of 19, he began to look down on people who practiced like standard religion oh boy in certain ways don't know boy yet you don't know who this person is <laughs> um in particular he didn't like how much they drank okay um he also didn't like smoking Another he just didn't like fun debaucherous thing no fun <laughs> no fun for you <laughs> especially when you're a religious so he started to travel a bit he in september of 1643 Fox left Drayton on the clay and moved towards London. He said he was driven by his, like, inner voice. At this time, as you may have realised by the dates, we've got the English Civil War going on. Yeah, so he had, as he moved through, like, the towns, he saw troops everywhere. And he reached Barnet, which now is part of London, like, outer London, kind of near where I grew up. But at that time, it was kind of like, not part of London. (laughs) And he got a bit of depression while he was there and spent much of the time in his room or walked around the countryside for days alone. I think I'd get pretty depressed if I was living as boring a life as, as a depressing as a life as that. <laughs> it's just like in Barnet. <laughs> it's pretty depressing. So after a year he went back to Drayton and he had a lot of discussions with the local clergyman of the town whose name was Nathaniel Stevens. Now Stevens thought Fox was gifted, but he also later called him mad and spoke out against him. And this was the beginning of Fox's kind of thoughts that maybe the religion that he had grown up with wasn't 100% like the right thing to be practicing. So he started traveling again. Over the next few years, he went all around the country. And this is when his religious beliefs took shape. He spoke to many members of the clergy, but they didn't come for his disquiet. So he had like this feeling inside him that something wasn't right. So he spoke to the clergyman and they offered him solutions. <laughs> One of them told him to take tobacco. One of them told him to sing psalms, but then lost his temper when Fox stood on one of his flowers by accident. <laughs> Another one of them suggested bloodletting. Okay, just get some leeches. Just leeches <laughs> yeah. for everything, isn't it, back then? Literally anything. Anything that Anything, just your... try it. I, pro- I promise you. <laughs> Pop a leech in your mouth. In your mouth. Just in your mouth. It's just grim, isn't it? Through your ear. Oh. <laughs> um, so Fox studied the Bible as well, and he hoped to find some spiritual understanding among English dissenters, but he fell out with groups um, that he tried to kind of join. He fell out with one in particular because he insisted that women had souls. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. That goes... He said that women had souls. And that goes And they fight. fell out with him over that. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a 16 t- 1600s are a jolly time, weren't they? Jolly yeah. time. Jolly time to be a woman. <laughs> as well as studying the Bible, he also meditated and prayed and thought about the temptation of Christ, which he often compared to his own spiritual condition. He started to form his ideas, and some of these are them. Rituals should be ignored as long as you're truly spiritual inside. Becoming a minister shouldn't be through study, but should be given by the Holy Spirit, which means women and children could also too become ministers. Okay. God lives in the hearts of people. Religion doesn't need like a church building. So you can kind of practice religion just in your house or on the street or in the forest. 
People could follow their inner guide rather than follow the Bible or clerics' teachings. He also didn't distinguish between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all like one, one thing. thing. Oh, cool. So this is going, he's going down like quite a hippie route here then. I mean, kind for of. only like the 1600s. For, you worked out who he is, for yeah. For the 1600s. You're about to find out. In 1647, Fox began to preach in public, like in marketplaces or fields, etc. Doing a bit of like Socrates. He started to attract a small following. It's not entirely clear when the Religious Society of Friends was formed, Uh, but a group of people did start to travel together. So this is who we have here. At first, they were called the Children of Light or the Friends of Truth, but later became just the Friends. So for those of you that don't know, I was raised in the Quaker community. I appreciate the time that I had there because it taught me a lot of things that I didn't know about the world and there are remarkable people that are Quakers so um, this is uh, dedicated to them. (laughs) So Fox didn't set out to form a sect really, he just showed prowess as a kind of organiser of like the organisation that was Mm -hmm. forming around him. Um, At this time there were many Christian denominations and this helped Fox put his ideas forward because it wasn't like it was like a new thing, there were like loads of denominations going on so He kind of, like, slipped into that. He was very verbal about his dislike of immorality and deceit and urged followers to, f- to live without sin. By 1651, other preachers had joined him and they continued to travel the country. But some people did not like his teachings. They would sometimes beat them, him and his followers, whip him and his preachers and drive them away from their towns. Jeez. I mean, that's quite yep. crazy, isn't it? Just having very slightly different views about the same... I mean, like, still, like, broadly the same thing, but slightly different view. Like, he still believed in Christianity. But you'll whip him over he it. He just it's quite crazy. didn't believe that you needed, like, all this fancy stuff to pre- yeah. to, to believe in it, which I totally think is true. I think most people would agree with that. I suppose that Brit- Britain and Spain would fight uh, wars for hundreds of years over very slightly different uh, different beliefs in, yeah. in Christianity. So, lovely stuff. So, he was his reputation was spreading and he was totally uncompromising um, about his beliefs. The worship of friends was held in silence and punctuated by individual people who would stand up and speak when the spirit moves them, which is still practiced today in Quaker society. And we're not entirely sure when this started, but at some point during his lifetime. Hmm. Fox um, complained to judges about decisions that he considered morally wrong. He once wrote a letter on the case of a woman who was meant to be executed for theft, for example. He complained about certain taxes that were going in the pockets of the wrong people, and he had conflict with the church and civil authority, and this is, like, I mean, this is inevitable, right? Like, it was going to happen. He was imprisoned several times is what I wrote, but I think (laughs) A multitude of times is more the word. Like, you're going to see how many times this guy was in prison. The whole justice system back then was, like, so messed up. As you just said, I mean, like, had to speak out uh, against uh, the execution of a woman for stealing. And then the whole taxing, which is also stealing, but, you know, he's fine. Like, you have to write against that guy. But he's he's having a great time stealing. I all think the tax. this woman was actually put to death as well. Really? It's quite mad, Which isn't is it? Mad. But I mean, like, I suppose yeah. it's kind of like not not the same, but similar-ish examples that go on now. Yeah, I mean, we can <laughs> talk about that yeah. later. So the first time he was put in prison was in 1649 in Nottingham. 
And then the following year, 1650 in Derby for blasphemy, a judge mocked Fox's followers and said they trembled at the word of the Lord and called him and his followers Quakers. Ooh, so... So that's where it comes from, that they were quaking, like this judge, like, you know, said that they were quaking at the word of the Lord. Okay. And that's where it comes from. So it's actually kind of like almost a slight against them. And I wonder if that's why they prefer the name Society of Friends, or at least some of them do, at least. Hmm. Or like a friends meeting. It's not called like a friends meeting house. But was it kind of the case where they trying to like reclaim it or like take it? Yeah, maybe. Like in the same way, like the prime minister was also like a slight. But um, see our episode on Warple. (laughs) When we're allowed to start like citing ourselves, (laughs) I've actually done that in an essay before. Cited myself. Yeah, I did in my dissertation, my masters. Oh, yeah. Well, I've already written about this. (laughs) I'm just going to cite myself. Okay, so he refused to fight during the Civil War. He didn't want to take up arms for any reason, and for this they doubled his sentence. He refused to swear oaths, which is something that Quakers still stand by, and I have a personal example of this. When I was young, I guess a young teenager, maybe my mum can correct me on this, hi mum, maybe like 10 or 11, motorbike, sorry. (laughs) Me and my mum were behind a car crash, and when I say behind I mean like we were the car directly behind the crash. It was a car and a motorbike, and my mum was asked to testify in court, and she said no because she, at that time, wasn't swearing oaths. Okay, okay. This is something that, like, some people stick to, like, by the letter, and some people don't, but it's that whole yes mean yes and no mean no thing. Like, if you say, are you going to tell the truth? I should just be able to say yes, and you believe me because I'm an honest person. Okay. So I shouldn't have to take that step. So it's not 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 big on bureaucracy then. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't like rituals. He doesn't like any of this stuff. He just wants people to be like honest, good people, and then society would run better, which I think is a totally reasonable <laughs> like thing to think. But however, people are selfish, so I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> so he urged people not to use carnal weapons, but spiritual ones. In 1653, he was arrested again for blasphemy in Carlisle. They even proposed putting him to death but Parliament actually stepped in and requested his release. He had many more imprisonments over the next 20 years or so, including for disturbance and travelling without passes. Quakers were seen sometimes as disrespectful because they refused to do things like take their hats off in court. Okay. Which is like, it seems like a small thing, but I guess when you believe something like how you don't need to take your hat off because... Like, I guess, prayer. You know when you take your hat for prayer because it, like, goes through your head or something? Okay. And they believe that the God is in you, so you wouldn't need to do that. I'm not really sure their reasoning. Some, If you're a Quaker out there, please correct me <laughs> on this if I'm wrong. So, uh, even in prison, Fox wrote and preached, feeling that actually prison brought him in contact with people who needed him the most. Okay, so who's, like, the biggest guy around this time in Parliament? Oh, this is crummy. Cromwell. So, George Fox and Oliver Cromwell had an interesting relationship. Parliamentarians grew suspicious of Fox and his followers. They thought maybe monarchists were trying to overthrow them through the Quakers. I really don't know. They're just paranoid at this point. By this time, Quaker meetings were reaching over a thousand people, sometimes. 
1655, Fox was arrested at Whetstone and taken to London. In March, he was brought to the Lord Protector, Oliver Cromwell. He told Cromwell he had no intentions of taking up arms, and when Cromwell was convinced of this, they just started to, like, chat, and they talked for a really long time, and Cromwell was really moved by him, like, even maybe bringing Cromwell to tears at some point, and said he was, like, like could come back, invited him back, and was really touched by his honesty. Um, this was the first example of what Quakers call speaking to truth to power, which is a technique that Quakers hope to use to influence power, but this is more used in like, the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So this, this is just like the initial example of it. Fox and Cromwell met a number of subsequent times in the 1650s, and they even met the year that Cromwell died in 1658. They had a good rapport, and Fox petitioned Cromwell to stop the persecution of Quakers, which really helped the Quaker movement. And Cromwell died in September 1658, and that's when his son Richard Cromwell, who was rubbish, took over. (laughs) There's also another man that is quite interesting to talk about. His name is James Naylor. James Naylor was an early convert convert to the Society of Friends, and he began to preach around London in 1655. However, there was a rift between the two men's followers, so there's like the Naylor followers and the Fox followers. Uh, Naylor once travelled to meet Fox to mend this, but was arrested on the way to meet him <laughs> in Exeter. So Fox went to Exeter instead, and in 1656, he, they were reunited. However, Naylor's followers refused to move their hats while Fox prayed, and... Fox took this personally. Naylor also refused to kiss Fox's hand, and so Fox told him to kiss his foot instead. Okay. Then. Which just sounds like a joke to me. So they parted ways. Uh, there. This is basically like the uh, the, uh, the the sketch from um, Life of Brian, isn't it? <laughs> people's front of Judea. Everything is just a big front. Python sketch. <laughs> oh yeah, the the people's popular front. Of- the people's front of Judea or the Judea yeah. people's front. Which is basically just all churches and left-wing politics at the moment. <laughs> well, so Naylor was then taken again to prison in Bristol while he was on his way to a Palm Sunday service. I think they arrested him so he wouldn't get there because they were worried that, you know, yeah. his preaching would do something weird. So he was taken to London Parliament voted on whether to execute him, and he won by 96 to 80. Though they did whip him and branded a bee on his forehead for blasphemer. Bloody hell. That's a bit strong. Yeah. They bored through his tongue with a red hot iron. Bloody hell. I know, right? So... I don't know why Naylor got this treatment. Maybe because he was on the way to this like particular service, but or maybe that he, the way that he was doing it wasn't as in the way that Fox was doing it, or maybe it was just the relationship with Cromwell that helped Fox. But it seems to me that he got much harsher treatment. <laughs> Shit. So Naylor was released in 1659. Uh, but he was a totally broken man. He saw Fox in London and begged for his forgiveness, like, on his knees. Shortly after that, Naylor was actually killed by some thieves uh, while he was travelling home to his family. Oh, man. So, which is just so harsh. Yeah, that's a... Anyway, that's, he's an interesting man to just know about in terms of Fox's, like, um, early followers. So, um, from there, basically we start to grow like the society of friends. The persecution and suffering of the Quakers only strengthened Fox's convictions. He rejected the idea 
um, of baptism by water and saying a transformation was only inside. When judges asked him to remove his hat, he would ask them where in the Bible does it say that he shouldn't wear one? Um, the 1670s saw the Quakers becoming more organised. Uh, large meetings were held and a three-day event was held um, and that still ha- like um, like an annual thing and that still happens now. It's called the yearly meeting. So like it's where like every everyone gets together. Yeah. Fox commissioned two people to travel around the country collecting testimonies of their persecution. And in sixteen seventy five the meeting of sufferings began, which also still happens now. Do they still collect tales of persecution? <laughs> I mean I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happens in the meeting of sufferings. I should have looked that up now, but I was too focused on the history. <laughs> but there you go. Okay, so now we've got the restoration. So Civil War happened, Richard Cromwell happened, he was rubbish, so they were like, let's get the monarchy back. <laughs> just ignore we had a civil war and we killed one of our kids. So with the monarchy coming back in, Fox's dream of the friends becoming the dominant religion seemed to be coming to an end. He was again accused of conspiracy, this time against the monarchy. Okay. It's like, make your mind up. He was imprisoned again for five months and wrote to the king offering him governance <laughs> advice. Which is what you should do when you're in prison. Schrodinger's monarchist. <laughs> he said that he should um, discourage taking oaths, plays, maypole dancing, and refrain from war. Because those are all very similar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Charles II did actually release 700 Quakers who had been imprisoned under Richard Cromwell. So he did take some of his advice. However... Parliament enacted laws which then forbade non-Anglican religious meetings of more than five people, essentially making Quaker meetings illegal. Fox told his followers to completely violate these laws. Many were jailed um, over the next 25 years, including women and children. Mm-hmm. Things were also happening in America. Quakers in New England had been banished or executed, um, and Fox met some US Quakers. I say US, okay... I'm saying that as a modern term. At the at this time, America was still one of our colonies. Yeah. So let's just remember. I'm not going to say colonies because it just sounds colonial weird. Um, Quakers. Yeah. Goddamn colonials. But when I say America, <laughs> I mean like our colonies that are now America. So he met some American Quakers and they came to London and this made him interested in going to America. He wasn't able to go right away. He was imprisoned again in 1664 for his refusal to swear the oath of allegiance. To who? To the king? Yeah. Because uh. I think there was, like, you know when people, like, did wrong, they were like... So- sometimes, like, I think there was a point where people, they just went around, like, around the country and were like, swear the allegiance, swear allegiance, and then like, if they didn't, they just went imprisoned. Man. Yeah. It's a bit, just, like, if someone came, knocked on my door and was like, swear allegiance to the queen, I'd be like... No. Yeah, it's, it's queen. Like I like the queen. Yeah, it's She's fine. fine, but like but... whether, like you swear allegiance to me. Yeah. I just feel like I, I need to be here. Anyway. Um so yeah, he then in sixteen sixty six he started organised meetings, so making them regular, so I like weekly, monthly and quarterly. And then the yearly one that you know, yeah, had already. Yeah. He visited Ireland too and extended his organisation to Ireland. He then got married. He married a woman called Margaret Fell on the 27th of October 1669 how, at a meeting house in Bristol. How old was he at this point? 
Um, he's they're both getting on a bit. Okay, so he was born in 1624, so at this point he is 45. Okay, then. Um, but she is 10 years his older. Oh, okay, then. I thought this was going to be another story of, like, he's 45 and she's 14 or something. But... <laughs> no, no, she's 55. Okay, then. Okay, good for you, good for you, uh, Foxy. Yeah, go for it. She already had eight children by her late husband. Um, and she was very active in the movement. She's an early convert. Um, she is one of the most important Quakers, like Quaker women especially, her papers are in the library and archives of the Quaker Meeting House in London, if you're interested. Although, of course, it's not open right now. Um, I was going to actually do her, but it would have taken a lot more research um, mm. and I don't I didn't feel like I could do it justice without seeing some more like documents. So maybe I will do her at some point. Um, she was very active and campaigned for women to be accepted as preachers. Ten days after the marriage, they um, parted ways to continue their work. Um, Margaret was then imprisoned. Oh, no. <laughs> and Fox remained in London and the South East and he became very depressed and ill. And at one point he was so like depressed that shield that he lost his eyesight for a bit oh man just temporary bright blindness yeah i don't know whether it was like blindness, blindness or whether it was like it was, everything was just a bit blurry because i guess they didn't have like spectacles yeah. back then blinded by melancholy i need to look up the history of spectacles was, <laughs> she says wearing he was spectacles. just too depressed to open his eyes yeah i mean fair <laughs> you're you're yeah, her wife's in prison <laughs> and, like, your religion is being squashed. So, by 1671, Fox had recovered and Margaret had been released. Yay! Fox decided to visit the English settlements in the US and West Indies. A party that he was travelling with arrived in Barbados on the 3rd of October, 1671. Now that's going to cheer he you up. In... <laughs> stayed in Jamaica and then Maryland, where he met with local Quakers. He stayed there and the other members... Um, of the group travelled around to other parts of the colonies. Um, he was interested in Native Americans and whether they would become interested in Quaker ways because he saw them as courteous and loving. Ah, Which is nice. That is nice. But but please stop spreading your religion to other people who already have their own religions. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> this, it's, this is clearly, like, a good guy. Yeah. Um, but also, like, they have their own religions. Yeah. Native Americans. <laughs> There's no record at all that he encountered slaves. Just an interesting point. Okay. I think there was some talk, like the authorities in America or in the colonies, <laughs> um, thought that he was there to like, like, get a slave army together. Um, but that wasn't the case, <laughs> obviously. They weren't listening to him where he kept saying, like, I am not here to take up arms against you, like, literally against that. So elsewhere, he helped establish organisation systems for the Friends, like in Britain, and he preached to non-Quakers, some of whom were converted. Okay. Which, for him, is good. Fox returned to England in 1673. When he returned, his leadership started to be questioned, but that was soon squashed, and he was also imprisoned again for a bit. <laughs> uh, then, while he was in prison, his mother died and his own health started to decline because of this and other reasons. Uh, Margaret, a uh, petition for his release 
which was granted. He began dictating, um, you know, writings which would be published after his death. Um, so I'll talk about those in a bit. Um, for three months in 1677 and one in 1684, Fox visited the Friends in the Netherlands and helped organise their meetings. Um, he also visited what is now Germany. Hanover or whatever. <laughs> Prussia. So, meanwhile, Fox was also participating in a dispute among friends in Britain over the role of women in meetings, which is just like eye roll. <laughs> a struggle which took much of his energy and left him really exhausted. As his health declined, he continued his writing and preachly preaching and was briefly arrested again in 1683. Um, he's like, he's quite a troublemaker for uh, such a clean living chap, isn't he? <laughs> in his last years, he continued to participate in London meetings. When James II came to the throne, he pardoned religious dissenters who were jailed and released about 1,500 friends. The Act of Toleration 1689 was passed and it allowed them to assemble freely. Thank you, James II. Fox died on the 13th of January 1690. He was buried in the quake. Oh my god, sorry. I just realised he, he died on the 13th of January and we are recording Ooh, on the 13th no of way. January. No way, like a, this, I did not plan that, but a sweet I'm going to pretend that I did. <laughs> Happy death day, George Fox. <laughs> yeah, so he died on the 13th of January 1690. He was buried on in the Quaker burial ground. Um, and thousands of people turned up to mourn him. So in terms of legacy, um, there was a now lost book called The Book of Miracles, which listed Fox's healings. So the book was reconstructed based on various sources, including journals and like this list of beginnings and endings that someone had written. So for example, we have a thing that's like, and a young woman and her mother, dot, 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 had made her well, and another young woman, dot, 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 smallpox, dot, 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 of God was made well. So it's like, we don't really know, like, what it actually said. Okay. But from we've pieced stuff together, um, which is quite interesting. I didn't know that he did healings. Yeah. Quote, unquote. But perhaps it was more like he, like, did some preaching and then they became well and they were just like, somebody put two and two together. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Fox's journals were published in 1694. They were edited by Thomas Elwood, who was, like, a friend of Milton's. Okay. Was a fact. Hundreds of letters were also published. They gave enormous insight into detail of Fox's beliefs and show his determination to spread them. He is a tremendous influence on the Society of Friends and her beliefs have been largely carried forward. So like I said, so, like his beliefs of pacifism, not taking up arms, uh, about taking oaths, about, you know, the God being in inside yourself. The way that they practice is very similar. They sit in silence for an hour and they, you know, you stand up if you feel compelled to say something and you kind of like meditate on what that person said. And a friend's meeting is ended by, um, you have like an elders bench. And when those two elders like shake hands, everybody else then stands up and shakes hands or hugs and says hello. And that's how the meeting ends, which is really nice. Hmm. I have never been to a full meeting because when I was in the Quakers, I was a child. So the children got taken out and we did like activities, learning about pacifism mm -hmm. and the environment and the world and history and you know sometimes 
making things mm-hmm. or helping with the tea or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we would go in for the last five, ten minutes. Just um, for the handshaking. Just for like a five ten minutes of, of reflection and then and then the handshaking, yeah. Also, the my mum's uh, meeting house um, would on a Friday night um, go out and um, get lashed. Feed the homeless. Okay, not quite. <laughs> they would like it was called the the soup run, I think, or the tea run, and it yeah going like there were certain spots in London where where they like knew homeless would congregate and they'd give out soup and sandwiches and teas and coffees and like hygiene products as well. Hola for all those amazing people that do that stuff. One last thing is a quote about Josh Fox. So Walt Whitman, who some of you might know as a poet, but also mentioned in Breaking Bad, <laughs> um, who was raised by his parents who were Quakers was inspired by their principles and later wrote George Fox stands for something too, a thought the thought that wakes in silent hours perhaps the deepest most eternal thought latent in the human soul this is the thought of God merged with the thoughts of moral right and the immorality of identity great great is this thought I greater than all else so that is George Fox and I hope you all learned something about the history of the Society of Friends. Ah, very nice. I have to do it. Friend! <laughs> You're silly. <laughs> we mentioned during that podcast about the woman who was executed for being a thief. Oh, yeah. And today, Trump... Well, I was going to say Trump executed someone, <laughs> but that's not really the right wording. Trump ordered an execution... Yeah. Allowed one through, essentially. First woman in 67 years in America. I am a very strict non-believer of of, um, the death penalty. I think that it Uh, shouldn't be allowed at all. Obviously, I'm not saying that, like, all people are good people. um, But I'm saying that the state shouldn't be allowed to kill people. Um, And also, and and people often get it very wrong. Mm. Also, this woman, I know she did something really horrific, but and there's a, there's a couple of really good true crime podcasts on her. So her background I can't is her name. absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's atrocious. Yeah. She's got mental health problems. Her childhood was really horrific. It's more like a failure of the system oh, yeah, than it is a f- So like, many times yeah. that people could have, like, like uh, yeah, the estate could have um, stepped in, in in her story yeah. and they didn't. So, I mean... So horrible. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting bit of yeah. news. I mean, like, it just felt was... like he did that as, a, like, a really brutal, like, trolling just before he goes. Yeah, I'm wondering if he's trying to, like, get things in under the wire. Mm. It's an interesting bit of The West Wing where Bartlett, played by Martin Sheen, orders an execution, and they say um, the execution was scheduled for, like, one past twelve. Yeah. And he was like, why is it scheduled for one past 12 on a Monday? And they were like, we don't execute people on the Sabbath. It's like, he's like, wow. <laughs> really? Wow. That's crazy. Man. We also talk about UK news quite a lot. I'm sorry, because I know quite a few of our listeners from the US. Yeah. But we did mention some US uh, just then. So there you go. <laughs> tidbit. But 
Another thing in the UK is that they do on another U-turn and they're saying the COVID vaccine will be available 24-7, which is good. But also right now we're still like in the 80s and se- like creeping into the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, that age. So really, I would not want my 80 year old grandparents. Luckily, they've had it waiting out in the cold yeah. at like 3am. But if they're going to like then offer it to people that wouldn't mind going then... Mm then maybe that's fine. But let's just all make sure that we're not having old people staying yeah, going out at 3 in, in the morning. At 3 a.m. Like, let's offer it to people that are okay with doing that. Yeah. We could start, like, you know, giving people jabs as they're going to fabric or something. We can reopen fabric, give yourself a little jab, go clubbing. <laughs> oh, God, fabric. <laughs> so what are you having for dinner? I am going to make, I believe, macaroni cheese with sausages and... That's maybe some like carrots and so or something like that. Nice. I like. I usually like um, either broccoli or green beans with macaroni. I wonder if we've got any green beans. Actually, that's a good idea. Really good. Green broccoli though. <laughs> Do you know we should stir into um, macaroni cheese leeks? I did do that oh for a while, God. but then I've, I've kind of gone off it. I don't know why. So good. I I also put corn ham in mine, but you could put real ham in yours. Yeah. But I guess you got sausages. sausages yeah. Same Tasty thing. Sausages. How are you? What have you got going on? We are going to Sainsbury's, actually, after I finish this. Ooh. Woohoo! The outside world. world! Oh, man. I know, because our fridge, I mean, it, there's nothing there. Today I had to eat lunch from the free, like something from the freezer, because <laughs> we had nothing. We got to the end of our, our tether. <laughs> and I'm going to make a, like, it's going to be like hash browns with eggs, like, in it. Bake. So I'm doing a exercise regime at the moment where I do four weeks of solid Chloe Ting. Chloe Ting is an awesome YouTuber um, and she's got a new 2020 like plan out. So you go to her website and it gives you like all the exercises to do. Okay. What sort of exercises are we talking here? Like it's like in your house exercises. So mm-hmm. it's like either HIIT or weights okay. or... Um, so it would be like if you want to focus on your upper body then she'll give you ones to focus mm-hmm. on if you want to focus on your lower body you'll give... she's got so many she's amazing and she's like tiny Asian and Australian <laughs> and she's just adorable and good mix. her workouts are really good because they're like short bursts which I can handle so I went to her recipes on her website and I had this like it's like this hash brown egg thing yeah. So I'm going to try that when we have the ingredients, which will be hopefully soon, because hopefully Sainsbury's won't be packed at like 8pm on a Wednesday. Which one are you going you to? Know. You're not going to to um, Camden where you can get the novelty Oh my novelty god, I really lint. want to go to Camden so I can get the uh, the Lindor pick and mix. Um, but no, we are going to the Dawson one, which is just down the road from us. Please don't stalk me. <laughs> Speaking of stalking, you can stalk us on social media. Yeah. At Have You Ever Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Check out all of our pictures. And um, yeah, what was the other thing we had to tell them? Subscribe. Subscribe, that's the one. And review us. And, uh, yes, subscribe, review, and give us five stars. Like please, five star, please. Yeah. We're not going to force you, but you know, you're really nice. And uh, tell your friends, and thank you. Bye. Bye.